Scooter, I'd like to present the three Ds. Hi, I'm Dorothy. I'm Dinah. I'm Max. Yeah, Debbie was sick, so uh, the union sent me. Hey, Eugene, wait a second, wait a second. Yeah. Hey, Bean, what's up? I'm going away forever. Oh, great. Could you get me a sandwich? Whoa, 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 whoa. What? You are not Mickey Mouse. You are a rat. Wretch, Matt. Besides, they're tourists. What do they know? Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to apologize for our slight uh, technical difficulties, but I do wish to assure you that uh, no one was hurt and uh, this theater suffered only minor damage. W my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 427. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts every week right on Facebook, special events, books, audio tours, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com and subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and Google Play. So I'm going to open up the inbox this week and answer your questions about everything from magic bands to Disney Cruise versus Walt Disney World Land Vacation, Epcot Dining, Boys Day Out, Illuminations Closing, Aulani, E-Tickets, Dining, and more. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for information about upcoming events, meet to the month, your voicemails, and lots more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Or not, and I almost did a really bad Jack Palance impression there. Uh, one of the reasons why I eventually started WW Radio is because after I wrote my first Walt Disney World trivia book back in 2004, I can't believe it's been so long, um, and I just had this two page sort of brochure website. I started getting a lot of questions from people who had read the book and who had uh, interacted with online and discussion forums, and it really ranged from everything from trivia to history to Walt to questions about their upcoming vacations or memories of vacations that had long since passed. And those questions turned into articles, which is what we called blog posts back then, kids, um, then into a discussion forum and then flash forward to 2005, my first of what was now more than probably, I don't know, over a thousand podcasts and live broadcasts and newscasts, etc., all to try and help your questions and make you have a better experience when you go or bring you, like I say, a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are. So this week, we're going to open up the inbox once again. And joining me is a woman who still can't understand why Leia and Luke never were able to hit it off. She is Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel. 
No, okay. Now, Star Wars reference, I totally get. You're not going to be able to hit me up and, and you know swirl me in circles about that one. I totally understand that whole reference. Listen, I am... Uh, just saying. You just sounded like Captain America and the Avengers. Flying monkeys. I get <laughs> Language. that reference. Language. Language. <laughs> um, I, listen, I am all in. I'm always in a Star Wars kind of mood, but really in a uh, in a Star Wars kind of mood with less than a month before Force Awakens. I am. You are uh, just got, salivating. Aren't I've you? got you my Kylo. Totally... My Kylo Ren theory is so different than the other Kylo Ren theories that are out there. Ooh. So I'm you very, have very a theory. Different. I have a theory. I have. Theories. Ooh, you're gonna tell us the theory? No, I, I'm not. <sighs> You're gonna wait until I I have to like buy you a beverage to get the theory Listen, out of between, you. Listen, between between the Force Awakens and the Star Wars Day at Sea on our cruise in February, uh, let listen. I got two things. I have a costume. Mine, yes. blow, forget it. You have and a it, costume, I am, and in I, a am box. Not, I am not. I am not dressed. I am not. I am not dressing like an Ewok. No, it's not an Ewok. There's a box with your costume no, that's been I got holding else. for years. Well, I've been Waiting hearing about this for years. I think it's, you know, I don't think it actually exists. It does exist because mine is in the same box. An Ewok walks into a bar and says to the bartender, <laughs> I'll have a whiskey and... Are you going to be a Jawa? So, would you listen? <laughs> an Ewok walks into a bar and says to the bartender, I'll have a whiskey and soda. The bartender says, yeah, no problem, but... but you know, why the little pause? He goes, I don't know. I've had them all my whole life. Huh? Why the little pause? But um cheek. Wow. Come on. Wow. Sith right. kebabs. So you're now wearing two costumes, <laughs> right? You're now wearing two costumes. I mean, it is a seven-day cruise. So you can yeah. wear oh, two costumes. Oh, we got a lot of fun. Play. All right. Anyway, let's um let's get into the questions. And you, by the way, so listener. Trying to get out you, of that stupid joke. You, <laughs> Why the little pause? If you have a question <laughs> you want to answer on the show, probably not about Star Wars, but about a vacation or history, it, really. just email me, lou at wdwradio.com. Let's get into it. The inbox is overflowing. Uh, as Yeah, because it's email. been a while. It has been a while. Just, it has been a while. You missed me, didn't you? Not really. So, okay. <laughs> Dennis Cordero says, Lou, I just got our tickets in the mail, and we also ordered two different magic bands from eBay, which they said were unused. The boxes weren't opened, and the one band, the Fantasia band, wouldn't leak, wouldn't leak, wouldn't link <laughs> into my Disney experience. Good I called start. Walt Disney World. One of them did. The, the, the tourist band did link. And I want to know, has this happened before? And then how do I sort of resolve an issue like that? Do I bring the one that didn't link into the park with me when we go? Love the show. Not so much for Becky. Thanks for any advice. And again, that's Dennis Cordero. So what basically, Becky, somebody yes. buys a uh, a magic band that doesn't sort of come when they order their tickets, and they can't link it up. And I think the the question basically is, if you have a, a band that won't link up, what is the best way to resolve that issue? Well, first of all, I have seen this happen, but usually it means the band is already linked to someone else when it was purchased or when it was um, obtained. So... If that's the case, you're not going to be able to unlink it and relink re it unless you have some a good cast member that's going to um, take sympathy on you and help you out. I had one that uh, a client had purchased, and it was from one of the stores on property, and it didn't link properly. He went back to guest services, and they helped link the band. So if it's already linked to somebody else and maybe it said it was unused, but it really was, you might be out of luck. However, I would take it to guest services to see if they can possibly uh, link your new band. Yeah. And hopefully they should be able to help you out. And because he said that it was unopened, I'm hoping that it's just some, yeah. some sort of a technical glitch. 
Well, some of them, uh, when you go in and buy them, you actually have to give them your ticket media. And they link it, even though it's unopened, they, they will link it, um, or they have in the past. So some may, some may not be. I'm not exactly sure how all the magic is done behind the curtain. However, um, some purchased are already linked to your t- ticket media when you hand it over to them. There you go. Um, Mark SF writes and says, Lou, I'm thanking the Phoenicians as I ask this listener question. If you're a local, <laughs> like me, with an annual pass, like me, in this age of advanced dining reservations, how can one drop in to dine at a park restaurant, or can you? Mm. Here we are pictured at one of our favorite attractions, the Starbucks ride in the nice. shadow of Spaceship Earth. Mark had sent over a, a great picture of him and his family. Thanks for all the tips. Mark, this is a question that I, as a local, get a lot. Um, you know, in this age, like you said, we're where, you know, planning is key, especially if you go to Walt Disney World at one of the busier times of the year and it's tough to get an ADR. How do you deal with it as a local? Can you really just walk into the parks? And I say absolutely. Um, normally, that's what I do when I want to go eat at the parks. We'll just be hanging out during the day, sort of wing it, figure out where we want to go to eat, understanding that you might have to wait a while or there might not be a reservation available. The other thing we do, too, is we continue to try making reservations throughout the day or within the 24-hour period when people start making cancellations. You never know when something might actually uh, just pop up. And we also go to dinner, too, at off times. We're not going on Christmas Day trying to line up for and hope to get a seat at La Cellier. Yeah. Um, you know, we know, we so you sort of understand what the crowds are like, uh, what the flow is like in terms of dining, and then eating at, at, at different times, going during the week. It normally is a lot easier than you think to just pop in and walk up to a restaurant and be able to dine there. Yeah, and especially those places that don't take dining reservations, like at Epcot, over at the bar, at the um, at the Italian place. Thank what's you. The, uh, what's the over under? How long did it take Becky to start talking <laughs> about a bar? Seven minutes. Wow. Seven minutes, everybody. <laughs> That's not what I meant. But you could walk. In. That's got a fabulous menu. You can order the entire total Italian menu in. As we the, have in the, you and yeah. I have done that in the past. Exactly. So if you find those places that don't take reservations, you can typically walk up and you might have a wait for a little while. But still, it's um, it's a pretty good idea for those good you know places and those good restaurants. Top 10 places to walk up to and eat at Walt Disney World. Ooh, that's a good one. If only I could find right somebody down? to help me re- research that. Anyway. All right. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Michael Tepedino says, Lou, I met you last year, had a really good time talking with you. We've been to Walt Disney World about six times and loved every visit, obviously. My 11-year-old son is asking about going on a Disney cruise for our next time. I'm torn because the parks cost less than the cruise and we can go for a longer period of time in the park than we can on the cruise. I'm not just seeing the bang for the buck with the cruise. Am I missing something? I just don't know where to go. The parks or the cruise. Help me, Lou Mangiello. You're my only hope. Uh, Michael, (laughs) like you, I will tell you that before I went on my first Disney cruise, I too was somewhat skeptical. Not really just about the financials, but I was like, oh, can they sort of bring the magic of the parks onto the cruise? And Becky, I think this will be an interesting conversation because my first my first thought obviously was do both. And if that doesn't make financial sense, <laughs> and you do have to pick one or the other, I really do think that every Walt Disney World fan not only needs to go visit Disneyland, but needs to experience a Disney cruise. And in terms of 
bang for the buck, you know, you do lay out more money up front. But if you think about it, you know, all of your meals are included for the most right. part, Paulo and Remy. All your beverages are included, except for alcoholic, etc. So there's a lot more that's included. Look, I will tell you, if you're going to buy Disney stock, go before Lou Mangiello goes on a cruise because I stick it to the man. <laughs> they lose money on food when I go because they make sure to take full advantage of it all 24 hours and seven days. But I think that's it. You, you, you lay out more up front, but I think you get – I think you do actually get – I don't want to say more for your dollar, but you do get huge value for the dollar you spend on the cruise. Yeah, I completely agree. But the the thing to keep in mind is that it's hard to compare the two because they are two completely different experiences. If you want to do a cruise, you've got to try a Disney cruise because it is full of magic. As you pointed out, the meals are already included. So if you haven't factored that into your bang for the buck, that is a huge piece. Plus, you're traveling to different locations. You're, um, you, you have a full transportation that takes you to an island. And not only that, but you get a, a day on a private island. So there's all kinds of differences in the experience that make the cruise that, more va- that much more valuable. You know what I mean? And I think, and I'm thinking about this out loud as I'm saying it, other than the gratuities, I think you sort of could walk onto a Disney cruise and not really spend any additional money. Like, as long as you're not drinking, as long as you're not going to buy a souvenir, which you obviously have to, you almost can spend little to no money once your cruise is paid for. Yeah, pretty much. If you're just going to go to the standard restaurants and drink Diet Coke and coffee, uh, yeah. You Plus, figure in the entertainment at night, too. You do get those Broadway quality, wonderful shows that you would pay additional tickets for if you were somewhere else, obviously not Disney World itself, but um, you're, you're getting that entertainment factor and the character meet and greets and... Castaway um, Key? Castaway Key, as I was saying, Cookies going to a private island. Oh, baby, come on now. <laughs> and yes, the and, and breakfast booze, just pointing that out. Somebody uh, hit, hit the ticker. You've mentioned alcohol and bars twice already. This, this could be a drinking game right here. I mention alcohol, you hit something and go. You know, I, I, and look, <laughs> obviously, there's a lot of factors that come into this too. You know, yeah. is, is it just Michael and his son? Is there two people in a cabin? Is there four people right. in a cabin? Is there a family of five? And all of a sudden now you've got to start getting two cabins. What kind of stateroom do you want to get? I, I think mm-hmm. maybe this is something, Becky, we can explore on a future show about doing – a Disney, you know, we've talked about going to Walt Disney World on a budget, but doing a Disney cruise on a budget, because I think knowing when to go also right. is very important. It's, you know, going in summer, going during spring break, during, during the holiday season, you are going to have a, an exponentially higher uh, stateroom cost than if you go during some of the, the slower seasons, just like if you went to Walt Disney World. Absolutely, because they definitely price on um, availability. So if it's a low season, kids are out of school, the prices are going to be lower because there's not going to be as high of demand. So cruises at Disney Cruise Line in particular are based on supply and demand. So knowing when to go, knowing the pros and cons of the lower seasons and knowing that, yeah, it might be a hurricane season between June and August. Uh, November, but September you might get uh, a storm that comes through. However, you might not be able to go to one of the ports that is on the schedule, but if you're okay with that and you're paying a lot less for the cruise cost, that could be factored in too. So there's a lot of pros and cons uh, for finding those lower rates, but it certainly can be found. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, going to, to your point about excursion, 
excursions and getting off the islands. In all the cruises that I've done, I don't, other than maybe one, like on my very first cruise, we don't really do excursions. We get off, we walk around the island, we go to Castaway Key, and that's it. So our sort of outside of, of being on board ship expenses, you really can keep to almost next to nothing and still yeah. have an amazing time. Yeah, like you said, um, not having to spend money on the excursions. On a seven-day sailing, you can just pull into port. It costs you nothing to walk off the ship and just kind of explore the area right um, off the dock and go back on. Or for some people who have done it over and over and over again, you stay on the ship. And then you enjoy um, the benefits that the ship provides rather than, than get off because, of course, most people have gotten off and they're out enjoying the island. You can go and be in the pool where it's virtually nobody on board so yeah, there's, there's no line for too. the aqua duck or dunk yeah <laughs> more better yet you have cabanas like all to yourself you do or <laughs> the soft serve ice cream machine does not have a line <laughs> that's always a plus <laughs> all right the next email comes from oh and by the way uh, just huh? so you know uh michael if you do want a quote on a cruise i know a guy a, a girl it's actually becky from mouse fan Aww. travel who'll give you a, a quote at no cost to you. Make her work. Ask her lots wow. of questions. She won't even charge you. All right. The next email comes, and that goes for not just Michael, but anybody. Mousefantravel.com. There you go. Uh, Vanessa Ralston emails and says, hey, Lou, I know you're very busy. Vanessa, never too busy for you. But I need a little bit of advice for our honeymoon trip to Walt Disney World this year. We're going to be there for the first few very merry Christmas parties and I've never gone to an event like this. First of all, Vanessa, I like the fact that you're going hopefully more than just once. Some people say they love it. Some people say it's a total waste of money. <gasps> These people are hopefully not your friends. Since it's our honeymoon, <laughs> I was hoping to do wow. a few special and different things. So I was wondering if we should even consider attending the party. Also, does the first party of the year tend to be packed? We could wait for the second or third. However, the crowd ratings sometimes are lower for other parks, so I was hoping to take advantage of that. Thanks so much for your help. And yes, we did book through MAI and Mouse Fan Travel. Aww. Thanks to you and your glowing recommendations. You keep, you keep me sane <laughs> while waiting for a Disney-inspired wedding and a honeymoon to get here. Keep it up. Thank you, Vanessa Rawlsom. So, Vanessa, first of all, thank you for listening. Second, congratulations on your wedding. Third, yeah. congratulations on choosing to honeymoon in Walt Disney World. That's going to be a future show. Uh, the the, uh, the different ways to honeymoon in Walt Disney World. Oh, my gosh. Are we keeping track of all these shows? No. Ideas I hope somebody is. With? I okay. hope somebody is in the email and be like, <laughs> Louie, you need to do A, B, C, and D. Um, but I will tell you, having just attended the party a couple of weeks ago, I, I fall in love with the party again year after year. And you'll, you'll hear me say it on the live review we did from the party on show 425. Just when I think that I'm, I'm in absolute adoration and love of Mickey's Not So Scary, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, just when I thought I was out, it pulls me back in. Uh, if you listen to show 425, I do not think it's a waste of money. Uh, I, I love the event. I love the things they do. I love all the entertainment. If you listen to my son, he loves the unlimited hot chocolate and cookies. <laughs> but, you know, whether it's the parade and the music and the snow and there's like nine or ten different specialty entertainment things that go on, um, I absolutely, I, I love, 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 and I will probably go a second time this year. In terms of crowds, 
you know, it really, it, it varies. Uh, as you start getting closer to Christmas and around, obviously, the, the Thanksgiving time of year, the, the crowds will increase but it does sort of, you know, vary. Obviously, going on a Tuesday night is going to give you probably a much lesser crowd than if you went on a Saturday night. Yeah, and if you, in my opinion, if you've never done one of these parties, you have to. You've got to go and experience the differences that the holidays bring forward. Whether it's the the Halloween parties or the Christmas party, you got to try it once. Between the characters all dressed up, the dance parties, the celebrate the season shows, the special parades, and for me, my love of the special fireworks, all of that is so cool. But in in terms of the crowds, I'm with you. The closer to Christmas, the busier they are because it's so popular that it does pull in a lot of the locals do come and kind of celebrate um, at the parties as well. And if you go to the ones midweek, those tend to be less crowded. But honestly, they are very popular. And as you noticed, probably over the past few months, there really isn't a slow season anymore. And it used to be that we could say, always go this week because it's completely slow and there's hardly anybody ever there. That no longer exists from what I've been able to see. Um, but if you try to keep in those midweeks, at least you'll, you'll see some less crowded experiences. But you've got to go to the party and try it once. I you agree. really do. I agree. It's definitely one of those things you need to see once. And if you listen to mm-hmm. our review again, that's on show 425 just a couple of weeks ago. We talked about how not crowded that um, uh, that that party was and how much we really enjoyed that. Uh, I have seen in my last few years of going, I haven't gotten the sense that, wow, they've really oversold this and it's way too crowded and I'm just not getting my bang for my buck because I'm waiting on long lines and I'm, and I'm trying to fight through crowds. I didn't feel that. I still get the sense that it is a very merry, very special event. So mm-hmm. if you're worried about crowds being like, oh, I need to wait online for an hour for, for Splash Mountain, I haven't experienced that in the years that I've been going. Um, but again, you know, take into advice that when you're, you're going to be going and check back yeah. on show 425. And on those parties, I tend to not focus so much on the attractions as I do on the special things going on all around you. Like you said, the special entertainment, the um, the cookies, the hot chocolate, the characters, the the parade, the things that are going on for entertainment value around tends to be the thing that, that draws me. But if it's um, uh, you're going to wait in line for the attractions, it's just going to be part of the nature of the beast. But um, with everything else in the snow and the lights and uh, I just I love Christmas in Walt Disney World. So see, we actually we didn't like, we went on uh, Big Thunder and there was no yeah. wait. It was well maybe like five minutes. But I will tell you, Vanessa, if you go to my Facebook page, I did a video that night. Um, I broadcast live and it's still on my Facebook. Facebook.com/slash Lou Mangello of the parade. I don't want you to see the whole parade until you see it for yourself. But yeah. I've got two words for you: toy soldiers. Oh it's worth yeah. The price of admission. That That's my favorite. Got the mic walk off stage. All right. Um, <laughs> next email says, hey, Lou, and warm and cuddly Becky. <gasps> I love this person. This, I, I, you, I am possible. Something must be wrong here. I am a fellow Disney <laughs> podcaster and probably the youngest one being 12. Wow. Oh, I see, Becky, you won't like this person because it's a child. Uh, I oh, love the podcast. On. Talk about it all the time with my friends wow. and family. I am planning on going on the ninth anniversary cruise with you yeah. guys. And wanted to know if it would be crowded to go to the parks before the cruise, then after. Thank you for making me feel like I'm in Walt Disney World every day. Your pal, 
Caden. Caden, brother. I love it, man. I dig it. And uh, I am looking forward to seeing you uh, on the cruise in, dare I say, it's just a few short weeks. But but so you're basically asking, what are the, so the the cruise is February 6th through the 13th on the Disney Fantasy. And there's still availability if you want to join us, www.radiocruise.com. And you're asking, is it, is it less crowded to go before or less crowded to go after? And, I think your your best bet, and this is not in terms of what is better. Is it better to you know we've we've talked about this in the past. What do we prefer doing? We prefer to going cruise than land, or land than cruise. I would actually recommend going to Walt Disney World before the cruise, and the reason why is because oh, yeah. the cruise runs basically from the sixth through the thirteenth when things like. Super Bowl, Mardi Gras, Ash Wednesday are going. It's also the weekend after is one of those long weekends. It's, um, oh, it's actually Valentine's Day and President's Day. And President's Day, yeah. And President's Day is going to make that park more crowded. Plus, it's also Princess Half the weekend after. Some people might come in early. So I think here it very clearly is going to be slower beforehand than it would be after. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. When you throw in President's Day and the Princess Half in there, President's Day holiday is one of the busiest seasons uh, at Walt Disney World. So I would steer clear of that week if you possibly can and go before. I'm I'm with you. Yeah, and if you want to celebrate President's Day beforehand, Kate, just you can go to Hall of Presidents and it won't be crowded. There you at go. All. <laughs> Uh, next email says, it's from Angie. She says, hey, Lou, I just found the podcast a few weeks ago and love it. I have been trying to catch up. My family's going to be visiting Walt Disney World this fall. We're not staying on property <gasps> as we favor the space and quiet of a very close townhouse. Is it worth it to purchase Magic Bands or should we just use our tickets for Park Entrance and FastPass Plus? Thanks so much, Andy. Angie, I, I was kidding about my my gasp in horror about staying off property. We've talked in the past about some of the advantages sometimes, especially if you are traveling uh, for a longer period of time, if you have an extended family, if you're traveling with uh, in small groups, or there's homes nearby that have, you know, five, six, seven, nine bedrooms. I mean, they are like palatial in size uh, and make sense, uh, definitely sometimes. But in, ter- in terms of purchasing the Magic Bands or just using your tickets for park entrance, I'm going to say that unless you want the Magic Bands, A, for the memories, the, the souvenirs, the convenience, uh, you don't necessarily need one. I will tell you, Angie, that I'm a local with an annual pass, and I don't have a Magic Band. Yeah. <gasps> Gasp and horror. Um, <laughs> we need because to get I'm an one. idiot. And the reason why is because I'm a moron. Because I'll get in my car and go, Oi, I left my Magic Band at home, whereas I can always keep my, my park ticket in my wallet. Uh, my sort of George Costanza wallet, so I always have it with me. So you don't need to purchase the Magic Band, but it's something fun if you want to get it and decorate it and all that kind of stuff, or if you want one of the special Magic Bands, but you don't necessarily need it. No, you don't. And a lot of people who do staff property, we we book a lot of people in those homes and the townhouses and the condos that you're talking about off property. They're very popular. And when you were saying up to nine bedrooms, some of them are now up to 16. Come on. No, I'm not Shut the front door. I am. Not kidding. So they're almost like little mini hotels themselves. But uh, a lot of people will just use their ticket, and it's just fine. You don't have to have a magic band. If you do use the ticket, obviously you have to still um, connect it to a My Disney Experience account so that you can use them for your fast passes and so forth. Um, the only difference staying off property is that you can book things 30 days out instead of 60, which you get when you're on property. Other than that, 
there really isn't a need unless you want to sport a magic band like everybody else walking around there. Not everybody, but a good majority. So I'm with you. The ticket is just fine. Yeah. And you won't forget it in the car like I have. Uh, <laughs> Dan <laughs> Moore says... <laughs> I'm an idiot. Lou, uh, <laughs> our family loves listening to your podcast, and our I favorite thing to watch is the top five snacks, souvenir-type clips that you do in the parks on YouTube. Kill like, me with those, by the way. I'm there, just saying. There's Kill more coming. Wait till you see the next okay. snack of the week. Oh, God, I'm so excited. Um, we have pretty <laughs> much watched most of all the WDW Radio YouTube clips over the past few months as we've been getting excited for our trip coming up soon. I had a question would love to get your take on or be considered for a Q&A podcast like this one. We are planning to be at Epcot on our second day and spending the entire day there with my brother traveling from Tampa to visit. I was hoping to set up a late dinner in the World Showcase sitting outdoors where we could watch illuminations from our seat. I was able to book two reservations that night and was hoping to figure out which option would be the best to try and get an outdoor seat and time it correctly to see the show. The two reservations are Rose and Crown, 715, Spice Road Table at 820. I thought Rose and Crown was better. Will we show up on time for our reservation, ask for an outdoor seat, waiting if needed for an outdoor seat. We eat leisurely, keep ordering drinks until the show starts. <laughs> it could be a long night. Thanks for your help. <laughs> really appreciate all the great Disney information and entertainment you, you put it. out there. Dan Moore. Dan, you are a scholar and a gentleman, my friend, because I happen to act absolutely agree with your logic, not about the continuing to order drinks until the show starts. I would just keep ordering <laughs> appetizers. But uh, Rosen Crown at 7.15, I think, is going to give you more flexibility if you do need to wait. If you say, look, we really want to sit outside. We're willing to wait. If it takes an hour, that's OK. You'll still be able to catch illuminations. Plus, they have scotch eggs. Um, so, yeah. don't say ew. Have you? <sighs> Sorry, I, if when you say that, mushy for peas. Some reason, scotch, ooh, see, oh, wrong. what? Shepherd's pie. Mushy Yum. peas, scotch Bring eggs. On have the you even listened? What? I know that you love this scotch egg thing, but it it just is. It, have you ever been into a a saloon, <laughs> a tavern that has eggs in a jar? Listen, That's what it makes me think of. I'm uh, just saying. Listen. <clears throat> Dan, do me a favor. Go back, <laughs> listen to show number 347. I did a live review of the Rose and Crown. We talked about how it's with somebody from the UK. In the UK, we had like the best server ever and an amazing meal. I will tell you, Rose and Crown is the way to go. And if you're not sure, I'll be happy to join you just in case things go horribly wrong. And I will totally agree with you. I went off topic there with this whole egg thing. It was like shining object. Go, squirrel. Um, the Rose and Crown is going to be your best bet. It does have better viewing, I believe, than Spice Road Table for number one. And like you said, the key there is to know that they won't guarantee you an outdoor seat. But if you get there early... Tell them what you'd like to do. Tell them that you're willing to wait. It's not a big deal. They may be willing to work with you as best they can. Um, and I do like the the views from Rose and Crown. It really is a nice a nice um, center view of the the show and and the I cheese like the with that like that uh, like that sweet onion kind of marm. Oh, so sweet onion. What sweet onion? It's been a while since I've been you there. You've listened to the show anyway. Adriana, like all show. the way from Indianapolis, Indiana, says, Hey, Lou, thank you for the great podcast. Your tips have made our Disney trips much better, and I hope that you can give me some guidance for our upcoming trip. The family plans to take my sister's twins, a boy and a girl, 
Nice how that works out. To Disney. By the time we go, they're going to be two years old. They're going to be staying at Saratoga Springs and only plan on going to the Magic Kingdom one day. We plan on taking our little princess to have tea at the Grand Floridian as a girl's bonding moment. But what do we do with our little prince? We're looking for something for him to do with dad and grandpa that doesn't involve an entrance ticket into the park. Any suggestions would be great. Again, that's Adriana from Indianapolis. This is a guy thing. I love this. It is not a guy thing. I love this question (laughs) for so many reasons. I love the fact that it's a multi generational family trip. They want to do something, you know, the the perfectly princess tea party at the Grand Floridian. Like that's something that that everybody is going to remember in photos and the parents. I I dig it. So now they're looking for something to do with the little boy. So they're going to be about two years old. They want to stay outside the park. So, Becky, what's your recommendation? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is a guy thing. What, what would you do? You're the dad. You've, you've been the dad of a two-year-old at Walt Disney World. What did you enjoy with your son? Uh, usually age? I was leaving him home. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was kidding. I, listen, I was traveling back and forth to New Jersey, so yeah, I was doing research. I was doing research. So, okay, so if you want to stay outside the park, I mean, that's the, the beautiful thing is that there are so many things to do. Look, you can do something as simple as going over to Fort Wilderness and going to look at the horses in the stable, go into the Tri-Circle D Ranch. You can go on a boat and do a fishing excursion. Depending on the time of year that you're going, you can take them around to go see Christmas decorations. Look, you're at Saratoga Springs, and and I think that Saratoga Springs is on its way to becoming the hot yeah. property in Walt Disney World because of its proximity to Disney Springs and what Disney Springs is already starting to become because you are going at a time when it's just starting to turn that corner to become a destination, which is what it's going It is finding its identity as a place for a family to go and spend the day. You can walk around. You can window shop. You can go to the Lego store. You can go to World of Disney. There's a little merry-go-round there. You can get on a boat. You can ride the sat. You can ride down to Port Orleans to the Sasagula. You can take a carriage ride. I mean, there is a ton to do. More importantly, Adriana, there's a ton to, for them to eat down there as well. There's <laughs> T-Rex Cafe. There's Rainforest Cafe. You know, there's a lot to do, and it, and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money either. Yeah. Disney Springs is amazingly um, expansive between all of the entertainment value and the pieces that are coming into there and all the shopping. I was there just a couple of months ago and it was just how it changed all the different um, shops that are just coming online and the, you could eat there every day for a year and not have the same thing twice. I think just from the restaurants that are open in the area, but there was so much to just walk around and see and the little cars that go out in the water. And I, my eyes were just really opened if they could just hurry up and open up that parking garage (laughs) from top to bottom. So you can park there. That would be even better. But I really like that area and I completely agree that while Saratoga Springs for the longest time has been a resort that was, you know, kind of out in the middle of nowhere and not a lot of people would look to that resort as being a a main place to stay, I think that next year that is going to be one of the hardest places to get. And all of a sudden, and you watch, all of a sudden, you know, the, the, 
the downtown Disney hotels, or, or I think now they're called the Disney Springs. Oh, yeah. Those, all of a sudden now, those things that have been off the radar for a long time are very mm-hmm. much going to be um, something that people look to. And I think we'll talk about that on a future show. And look, yeah. Adriana, if dad and grandpa want to spend some male bonding time and have a Look memory that they will, won't soon forget, <laughs> tell them to go to Morimoto Asia and order the ribs. Mind blown. <laughs> they will never forget how awesome that experience was. All right. You really liked that, didn't aye, you? Ay, ay, ay. Domo arigato, <laughs> I think I Mr. Saw, I think... I think I saw more posts from you about that one restaurant. You know, I have I, listen, I, I will save that for a full review. But you think, oh, Asian restaurant. I'm not going to order Chinese spirit. Oklahoma, those things were amazing. <laughs> anyway, uh, right. Sarah says, Lou, I recently discovered your podcast a few months ago. I've been listening every week to the new episode. Sarah, that's a lot. That's a lot of Lou in a short period of time. Of I've also Lou. gone back to the big. I don't don't listen to show number one. It's awful. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I got, got to listen to some of the older episodes. I really enjoy learning all the interesting facts about the Disney parks that I never would have learned otherwise. I recently listened to show number 15 in which wow. one of the guests had commented that Reflections of Earth was only supposed to be a 10-year-long show. However, clearly, it's still ongoing. I was wondering if you had any information on whether they are still planning on replacing the show one day. I'd hate to see it go because it has become one of my Disney favorites and again, that's from Sarah. Sarah, thank you for listening. Thank you for going back and listening. I really appreciate it. Hopefully I've gotten better over time. Um, but you're right. And I will tell you, as, as I did on show 15, 400 somewhat episodes ago, uh, like you, I, I love and have a, there's a, a sentimental place in my heart for Illuminations, Reflections of Earth. It has sort of gone through some slight changes over the years, but I, I'm I'm... I'm speculating that the current show is not going to remain as is where it is the way it is for a much longer period of time. How evasive was that? Is that, <laughs> that, was that, that, is a, that was a lawyer answer right it's there. A, it's a recovering attorney answer right there. I, yes. Listen, Reflections of Earth is not going to be there forever. Uh, the park is always changing, and, and I expect something incredibly spectacular and dramatic to replace it. Um, it has been there for a long time, and, and I think the time is drawing near. Yeah, we've heard the speculation for, at least I have, for at least the last five years or so, where people have talked about it being ready to go, and people have looked at doing other things and making it a whole new spectacular show. And let's face it, they're kind of overhauling shows in all different directions with all the changes coming. So it wouldn't surprise me if sooner rather than later and or later that they update the show and and turn into something else because it has been really popular and maybe it is time to come up with something new and more spectacular i think uh world of color is a really good example over in disneyland of how you can take a show that people loved and then roll out something else that people love even more so you never know i have a feel i've got it well never mind Anyway, <laughs> I think uh, something. Okay. I think something's coming. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, Dan Hillary says, "Hey, Lou and Becky. Question. It's got a question mark in it. My You're, wife and I are going that. to Alani. Realize. Listen, you my that, wife right? and I are going to Alani in November for five days. Nice. Will the resort be decorated for Christmas? We'll have a car. Plan on going to Pearl Harbor and Diamond Head. 
awesome excursions. Are there any other things you'd recommend doing while they're there? Thanks for your help, Dan Hillary. Dan, uh, first things first, Meli Kliki Maka. That means Merry Christmas to you. I, I almost broke out in wow. song. Right? You're surprised I got that, right? Yes. <laughs> I've Good been practicing in anticipation for this email. Um, <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, you know, the you might not think of going to Aulani for the holidays, but throughout the month of December, so you may just miss it. I don't know when the actual decorations go up, but throughout the entire month, they have a lot of, you know, activities going on specifically for Christmas. So again, I'm not sure exactly where your, your vacation is going to begin and end, but they have a, a holiday starlit hooey, which I, I love the starlit oh, hooey. But yeah. imagine that with like special like Halloween, Halloween, holiday um, <laughs> touches. There's Christmas carolers in the, uh, in the lobby. Disney characters are dressed in their sort of holiday best. Santa might pop into Auntie's beach house. So, wow. if, and they could bring the whole family. It's not just for um, it's not just for kids. There's um, movie nights. There's a Christmas Day dinner that you're going to be there as well, too. And, and stuff for, for kids and adults as well. So they do not just decorate, but they celebrate the holidays there. I, they really don't say exactly when the decorations go up. Um, hopefully, like Walt Disney World, you know, the holidays begin in November. So you'll be able to catch uh, some of it there. And what would I recommend doing while you're there? Just bring stretchy pants and just eat from beginning <laughs> to end. That is a really magical place, isn't it? Aulani. Like Tahiti. It's a magical place. It is a magical place. And you only have five days. And it doesn't, when you say only five days, but there's so much to do at the resort itself. Um, I am the first to tell you, if you have never been to um, Oahu, you have to do Pearl Harbor. You have to go down to Waikiki. You have to explore Diamond Head. So you can do the the touristy things, but especially paying homage to Pearl Harbor. That is one of the places that is, um, it's uh, very touching and a great place place to to share with your family um but at the resort you know i could just sit in that lazy river for for four days as long as they could hand me food and a beverage as i went around and around and around i would never leave that lazy lazy river um the starlight hui of course the uh the spa is amazing so if you just had a day or use just two that were the water you know down at the beach and the paddle boarding and all the activities that are there. Otherwise, you could also look at other things uh, that Hawaii offers, like the island helicopter tours or the Polynesian Cultural Center, if you're into the history of the Hawaiian Islands. There's also all kinds of excursions that Alani offers, too, from catamaran experiences to uh, the North Shore experience where you actually get uh, some surf lessons as well or the rainforest um, you can even go horseback riding at one of the ranches in the area. So those are all things that they'll arrange for you at Alani. But honestly, with only five days and the two things you've already got going, there's going to be a lot to see and do just at the resort. So, Dan, I'm going to tell you, as somebody who went there two years ago with my family for, I believe it was six days, you can do as much or as little as you like. Yeah. We were there for six days and did not leave the resort once. Yeah. And we had an amazing time. The only sort of thing, the only sort of paid activity that I did, which because I just love doing, is I went kayaking. I went kayaking in the lagoon, you know, right there in front of Alani and had the time of my life. 
but I did. We spent time at the grotto and in the splash zone and in the pool <laughs> and just relaxed and enjoyed all that the resort had to offer, most of which is included with your stay. Um, so if you want to swim and snorkel and do all you can just do that and just sort of relax. And I and I think, you know, I know not you can't get to Hawaii that many times maybe in your life, but I really love sort of having what I wanted my Hawaiian vacation to be, which was more relaxing than a vacation I needed a vacation from. Yeah, and especially kind of avoiding that run around like crazy, which I think that's one of the reasons why I love Elani. You go to the parks and you are mad dashing from here to there and checking out everything. And, you know, a lot of people forget to uh, to schedule a day in their theme park vacation that's just to enjoy the resort. This allows you that. It allows you to, uh, to kick back, enjoy the lazy river, but still have that Disney magic all around you all right, as you well. Know what? I think Listen, let's, we're beating around the bush. Dan, let me give you the play. I'm going to give you the play right here. <laughs> this, is, this is the way. Once I discovered this, it was like I discovered Uh-oh. like sliced bread. The play is you go to the Olelo room at about 5 p.m. Just yeah. as the sun is... Shh. Just as the sun... <laughs> imagine you can hear the, 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 the waves and you can hear the feel the breeze and soft Hawaiian music. You go to the Olelo room around 5 o'clock. You're watching the sun set off in the distance. They've got a beautiful outside lounge. There's live music and it's happy hour. And I don't mean just for the drinks, but you can get like these $5 appetizers... You don't even need to go to Ama Ama, but I mean, you should go to Ama Ama. That we, once I discovered that, that was my yeah. night every single time I went there. Five dollar yep. appetizers, which I mean, I spent two hundred dollars in five dollar appetizers. But you understand <laughs> the point? It was just so relaxing and so beautiful, and the kids could come as well. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, there were like five of us, and we ate dinner pretty much for thirty five or forty bucks, all of us, by those five dollar appetizers. And they were so good. The sliders. You remember the sliders? I was waiting the to pol- talk. I was waiting for you to start talking about the bar again, so I could have. Oh no! Nah. <laughs> I was going for the sliders and the and the the wings, the tuna, the, yeah, the tuna, oh, tuna and the, right. the flatbread. Pizza. Uh, I gotta, I gotta stop. I'm starving. <laughs> and the bar, because yeah, it is a bar. Ding, it's a tropical ding, bar okay. <laughs> with a drinks. That didn't take long. Yummy. Anyway, listen, we've got to go because <laughs> Diane Jones, you know, the one from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, has an interesting yeah. question. She says, Lou, my son and I were just discussing the Country Bear Jamboree. <laughs> like, oh. I love the fact that you're sitting around talking about the Country Bear Jamboree. And specifically, Melvin, Buff, and Max. Becky is going to Google right now to find out who they are. I have been trying to what? find out online if they are still there, wriggling guests with their banter as you exit the Country Bear Jamboree, and also the mile-long bar of so long ago. My son, who's a mere 28 years old, no, now it puts it in context, <laughs> doesn't remember <laughs> that name at all. And I'm a bit fuzzy on it, too. Was it just an area of the Country Bear Jamboree, entrance, exit to Pecos Bills? Did it ever serve any drinks? Non-alcoholic, of course. Or was it just a little area to connect Country Bear Jamboree and Pecos Bills? We have questions. I've got answers. Any light you can shed on this subject would be, would be wonderful. So great to see you and your family last month at Yak and Yeti. I'm just reviewing photos from the trip. There's a number of you, and with yours truly, as well as with some visitors. Oh, that they came from Japan. Oh, my gosh, I remember those guys. Wow. Um 
Would you want to uh, send me those pics? Okay. Uh, just let me know. Thanks for any information you can give on the CBJ, MB&M, and the MLB. <laughs> wow, you're so, like, <laughs> hip. Uh, thank you, Diane Jones from Cape Cod. So, Diane, I dig this question for so many reasons. I love the fact that you and your son are talking about, like, the Country Bear Jamboree, and you mentioned the Mile Long Bar, and that most of those names are completely foreign to Becky. That being Wait. said... That being said, uh, the mile the mile long bar. Good memory, by the way, Diane. Um, you you're right. When you used to there? say what? I said, can you hear my eyes rolling from over there? Go ahead. I know you got excited because it said bar, but Becky, it's not the kind of bar wow. that you're thinking. <laughs> it used to be that when you exited the Country Bear Jamboree, Melvin, Buff, and Max, their heads were up on the wall, and as you went out the door on the opposite side was a bar. And and when I say it's a mile-long bar, there were mirrors on either end of the bar. So if you look down at the mirror, it sort of went off into infinity as if the bar was a mile long. The neat thing about it was you would think that you'd see the backsides of Melvin, Buff, and Max, but their heads were actually there as well, which is really weird. But they were <laughs> chatting to you as you sort of, you know, sidled up to the bar and ordered yourself a sarsaparilla or more importantly, Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel, you could order a Coca-Cola or a Pepsi. <gasps> no oh, the, way! Yes way! Dude, okay. at one I time, you that. could get Coca-Cola and Pepsi products at the uh, at Walt Disney World until what happened Coke to put the, the Pepsi big, goodness? Um, Coke put the big Jeez. kibosh on that. Uh, it wow. was sponsored by Frito-Lay, so you can get uh, more Fritos, Fritos? please. Um and it sort of, if, you, if you're staring at Pecos Bills and looking at the, the blue side of the sign near sort of that corner entrance, that's where it was. Um, that's where the mile-long bar was. Eventually, it did sort of make way for um, an exit queue and more area for uh, Pecos Bills. But that, and by the way, you can learn more about the Mile Long Bar on the Frontierland audio tour of Walt Disney World developed at the <laughs> WW Radio Shop. Shameless plug nice. inserted by me. Thank you very much. Okay, question for you. Yes, ma'am. Who is your, who is your favorite character from Country Bear Jamboree? Uh, from, well, is it, is it from Melvin, Buff, and Max? Or is no, it from, from the whole thing? The whole, besides Blood on the Saddle, and you don't have to sing it. We've heard I it. was going. Well, I would say I was going to, but now I won't. Um, <laughs> no, now you have to. Now you have to. Now that you said it, you know what? I, I love Thrill Ravenscraft as Buff in terms of the heads, but I, I, I do have a sentimental love of Big Al. Like my dad loved Big Al. Um, oh, cool. I, and I also like the story about you know Albertino, the Imagineer who was modeled after. But he's just so simple, and he's just sort of doing his thing, and. Yeah. So, and he's kind of big and cuddly, like me. Yeah. I'm small and cuddly, <laughs> like any walk. I loved. All right, this whole thing. Remember the albums that you could listen to it, and you would, you know, flip through the pages and read the story back when we were kids about Country Bear Jamboree. Do you remember those? Uh, well, you weren't a kid when the album came out, but that's yes, okay. I Go was ahead. because that's that's okay. how I first. You were a 39 year old kid, but move on. Yes, sure. I was seven, <laughs> but that's okay. Who's counting? Who's doing math? Teddy Barra, and I will tell you the one I love the most, Little Oscar. Hmm. Little Oscar that had his own little teddy bear. The teddy bear that had the teddy bear? He didn't so play meta. in the band, be sitting next to the band? <laughs> it's so meta. A teddy yeah, bear. Yeah, no. It was so cute. Oh, stop. What was that? <laughs> little Oscar was my favorite, but I did like Teddy Barra because she comes out of the ceiling and sings, and it was kind of cool. Interesting. 
I know. All right. I think we have time for one more question. Not that there's any sort of time limit. Uh, I'm trying to decide between two. One's a historical one. No. (laughs) One's a food-related one. Yes. You know you want to talk about food. I do, but it would totally throw people off if Lou chose the... I chose the history just, one. Just do them both. Just do them both. Right. Do, the, do the history one fast because... Lou, uh, let's see. Uh, Tyler has a question. He says, Lou, I have a question about the ticket levels that are commonly used to describe the attractions at the parks. I know the history of the ticket books and their origins at Walt Disney World, but my question is this. Is there something that was required to say that an attraction was an e-ticket versus a D-ticket? Or is it just a term of art that Disney uses to let the guests know the entertainment value of a particular ride or attraction? I'd love to see a listing of the qualities and characteristics that define the various attractions if one exists. Thanks for the information. That comes from Tyler. Uh, Tyler, I dig this question, man. I I like this question a lot because you're going old school, baby. You're going, you're talking about the old A through E ticket books that uh, you used to have. From 1971 till about 1981, 82-ish, once Epcot opened. And yes, you were able to buy ticket coupons that ranged from A through E. Like you could buy tickets to the park for like $3.75 back in 1971. And then you'd buy either a uh, like an adventure ticket book that had a number of tickets in it, or you can even go to the kiosks, and there's still some of those kiosks around. Look for the one right outside the Winnie Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, where you can buy individual tickets, because I remember used to ask my dad for like, come on, dad, one more ride on, on 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Um, very long lead up to the answer to your question. Obviously, the e-tickets were more expensive, and they were for some of the uh, more popular attractions. It's interesting that you you sort of are looking for what is the barometer, right? What is something, what makes something an A-ticket attraction? What makes something an E-ticket attraction? And I don't really think, and an Imagineer certainly can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, it doesn't really exist. And to, to sort of defend that, there were some attractions that actually moved places. They sort of moved, they were either demoted from an E-ticket, like the, the Tropical Serenade was once an E-ticket, and then it changed to a D ticket once it was uh, in, in 72, 73. Uh, the Country Bear Jamboree went from a D up to an E. The Hall of Presidents, Becky Mankin, was an mm-hmm. E ticket attraction was for really? a number of years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, the Hall of Presidents, Mickey Mouse Review at one point was an E ticket attraction. So you think of things <laughs> like. You know, Space Mountain, you think of Haunted Mansion. Those are sort of the, the quintessential e-ticket attractions. But I really don't think, other than, you know, popularity, entertainment value is what sort of determines what an e-ticket... Look, I, you know... Yeah. You know, the... the I, I, go ahead. As I say, I always thought that was based on, like, what the most popular rides were. Because, obviously, pricing based on um, popularity or what's most advanced or what's newest, that type of attraction. So, is that kind of what you're saying? Well, it, it's it's not always that. Because some attractions that were e-tickets or, or even d-tickets. Look, a small world was an e-ticket, right? An e-ticket yeah. because of its popularity, I think, because of its history. But something like the Skyway, you might think, oh, that's an A-ticket. That was a D-ticket attraction. The Mickey Mouse wow. Review was an E-ticket attraction for uh, a number of years. Hmm. So I don't really know okay. 
where they what they sort of decided. I mean, I, there was nothing thrilling about the Skyway other than the fact that it was a thrill to sort of get those unique views of you know Fantasyland and Tomorrowland. Look, the um, the uh, uh, the Liberty Square Riverboat was a D ticket attraction. The Admiral, the old, the Fowler was a D ticket attraction. Wow. Okay, I've learned something today. See that. I I, uh, I was always amazed at the uh, that the Hall of Presidents was an e-ticket yeah, attraction. Yeah, I would have never thought that. And you know what? I, I I can, the next time we go to Walt Disney World, I will take you to Liberty Square, a place that you probably don't visit very often, and I will show you <laughs> uh, historical proof of just why that used to be an e-ticket attraction. I'm going to shill for the audio tours because I think I explain it there, and there's some things that you can find in Liberty Square that evidence why, how and why that attraction was so popular. Hmm. hmm. Okay, I'll take you up on that. See, that's, now that's I should drop the thought. mic and walk off stage. But <laughs> I won't do that because I do want to answer Chris's question. And by answer, I mean this is going to, this, this answer could take us five years because it's very no simple. Way. Uh-huh. Lou, can you tell me? Your top five places to eat at Epcot. Oh. <laughs> My wife and I disagree on this some is of them. Be show number what? This is yeah, gonna, that that should be, be the top ten places to eat dinner at Epcot. Um, it's places, not menu items, right? Yeah, it's the top okay. five places to eat dinner. You know what? I almost I, I almost feel bad okay. trying to take this question now because there are so many. Um, so you know what, Becky, give me two. Give me two places that you would pick in Epcot. All right, well, you think about it. I'll give you two places to think. My, my favorite. Let me give you one, and then you give me one. Well, let's All go right. back and forth. My favorite, well, you know. I should make you tell me. what. Where do you think I would go? Where do you think, if I had one place, where would I go? Some place with a bar um, and table yes. service. It's going to be table service with a bar. Yes. Shocker. Teppanetto. I love that place because it's a show, it's dinner, it's people talking, it's all kinds of stuff going on, and it's great food. The, I, if I had my choice of eating anywhere, that's one of my favorites. So I dig it, and I love it because I love me some Japanese food like every single day of the week. And sharp um, knives being thrown around. It's awesome. Sorry. So... <laughs> You know, that was going to lead me to say, well, I think the Katsura Grill is far and away my favorite counter service restaurant in Epcot, possibly in Walt Disney World. Uh, plus, I love the outdoor seating and the waterfall, but that's not going to be my answer. You see what I did there? I'm going to tell you to go to someplace we mentioned before. I don't know, Becky. Uh, it, 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 there's something that I really like about the Tutagusto Wine Bar. Yeah. It's not necessarily a place that you would think about going for dinner, but you can go and they have a full menu you can order off of in there. Yeah. It's, and the meats and cheeses, that, oh, that, pla that platter the that they bring and out. The super sod and the breads could, and the wine. And because he's going with his wife, hours. I think that's a nice evening right there. I think you can sit there yeah. for a couple of hours and just keep ordering appetizers and artichokes. And did we mention the meats and cheeses and wine and desserts? Oy. Like, I know. That's, that believe place. it or not, that is very high on my list. And I'm so glad that you remembered the name because I just remember it as the bar that's attached to the Italian place. That's four. So, go, so go figure. 
But I love that place. It is, it's so neat. You don't have to have um, a reservation. Like you said, you can order off the menu. You can just sit there and it's a nice, comfortable place. And it, it just feels so homey All and right. comfy. One more. Go ahead. Oh, that, uh, it's, this is hard. Um, oh, the other thing about Teppanoto, by the way, I love the fact that you eat with sticks. I'm just saying. <laughs> I that's, love eating with Becky, chopsticks. That's I don't fork. know why. Uh, what you use is called a fork, by the way. No, it's chopsticks. God, you're stalling love... for time. Go ahead. I am. I am. Um, because I'm kind of between two. I will. You know what? <sighs> I really do like. Can I say two? I have to say two. I can't decide between the two. I do love Rose and Crown. I, I do, except for the Scotch eggs. But I do love Rose and Crown. I think maybe it's a, it's a personal thing, too, because I love uh, the UK. I love that. It's atmosphere. I love the people. The service is always friendly and wonderful. Eating outdoors is really comfortable when it's not, you know, 102 billion in humidity. Um, and I love the shepherd's pie. I will go there and have shepherd's pie all day long. Hmm. But then around the corner from that, I do like La Cellier. I don't think it's the best steak on property, but I do like La Cellier for, you know, the, the, the homey feel and the good potatoes <laughs> love the mashed potatoes there i love almost uh, the pretzel bread seriously pretzel mm. bread i could keep going no go that's, ahead that's more um electric umbrella no i'm kidding um i think i'm gonna send you over i'm gonna send you to mexico okay that i know i just don't know if i'm gonna send you to san angel or if yeah. we're gonna send you to La Hacienda, because like San Angel, San yeah. it's it's so so well themed that we we talked about yeah. that on, on a recent show. It's it's quaint. It's the, the the space is beautiful. It's a little romantic since you're going with your wife. But mm-hmm. I also love the menu at La Hacienda. I love the fact mm-hmm. that you can sit sort of waterside and watch illuminations for now. Yeah. Um, Great bar menu too. You know what? I'll go La Hacienda. I'll go La Hacienda and Tutto Gusto and uh, Katsura Grill for lunch. Becky is going ask- to give you Rosen Crown and Teppanetto. Yeah, let me ask you a question though. If you had a choice between Tutto Italia and Via Napoli, what would you choose? Tutto Italia. Tutto Gusto. Sorry, Tutto Gusto. Oh, wait, Tutto Italia? Yeah. Oh, no, wait, Tutto yeah. Italia or Tutto Gusto? No, Tutto Italia. Or Via Napoli. I haven't been there in a long time. Really? I haven't been to Tutto Italia in a long, long time. It it depends on also the meal. I will tell you. So I'll go to Tutto Italia for dinner. I'll go to Via Napoli for lunch. There you go. That's that's a good compromise. And now I want lasagna bolognese. (laughs) It's so good. Now I'm hungry. Why do we do this to ourselves? (laughs) I hate you so much. Um, But I want you, listener... To tell us either A, how wrong we were, B, how right we were, or you give us one that you think should that Chris needs to go to. If you comment over on the show notes, so if you go to www.radio.com, click on the podcast tab, you'll see this week's episode. Go down, you can leave a comment there, and we'll sort of keep the conversation going. Chris, hopefully you'll go and see some people's recommendations. You can also tweet me, at Lou Mangello, and say, Lou, you're insane, man. You need to go to X, and Chris, hopefully you'll follow along there. Uh, or you can even call the voicemail at 407-900-9391 and uh, plead your case. Tell me, <laughs> tell me why 
that we need to go to La Cava de Tequila, <laughs> That's the, which has which I, you you laugh. They There's have really good food great there. Great food there. They have they really really, really good food there. And too. they have that rum chata thing that you made me oh, drink. Oh, sweet time, Georgia Brown. So That's good. nice. Hey, by the way, how did we not? How did time? I not mention the croissant donut? I know, really. Man. But question: Sorry. When was the last time you were at Garden Grill? Oh, it's been way too long. That it place is so long. overlooked, I think. I, I And I would love to go there again because I haven't been there in probably seven or eight years. So there, there's a thing. Next mm. time, we have to go do that. We have to eat. Imagine that. <laughs> Shocker. Anyway, <laughs> I want to thank you for listening and you, Becky Mankin, for joining me. Uh, again, you can get a free, I mean it, free, No, ob- this one's on me, a no-obligation quote whether you go into world or land or want to come with us on the Star Wars cruise or our e-ticket adventure. Speaking of e-tickets, do you know why it's an e-ticket adventure? Because we're going to have an event in New York. We're going to hop on the Disney Magic from New York, go to Puerto Rico. Hey, as long as we're there, let's stay there for a few days. That is what an e-ticket is going to be all about. That's in November 2016. So there's plenty of time to join us. And Becky will give you a free, no obligation, awesome personal service quote just by asking absolutely we're here for you mousefantravel.com got it hey what's my lounge review by the way i'm still thinking about maybe we should maybe maybe we should go to Tito <gasps> gusto I'm, okay <laughs> we can start there yeah i can order you've seen me eat I, for a little, for a wee little Ewok, I can order me a lot of food. <laughs> yeah, let me clear the American Express before you go there, because wow, geez, at least it's not sushi. Because man, you gotta like get out of the way when you eat sushi. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> it's like danger, danger, flying sushi. Now I'm thinking of like salami, sausage, meats and cheeses, mozzarella, mozzarella, like Giada, mozzarella. It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week. Invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, not just in what you see, but sometimes even in what you hear. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via email for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I was in a Little Mermaid kind of mood, and your question was simply to tell me what Little Mermaid character has a seating section named after him or her in Fantasmic in Walt Disney World. Again, thanks to the hundreds of you who entered and got this one correct because you knew, of course, that the answer was Sebastian. He is one of the many characters that have a seating section named after them, like Ursula and Scar, Maleficent, Jafar, Hades, and the Beast. I took all of the correct entries, randomly selected one. Again, you were playing for a WW Radio Magic Band cover, 102 Ways to Save Money for an At Walt Disney World book, and my brand new audio tour of Tomorrowland. All those you can find over at the shop at www.radio.com. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is... 
Aaron Firth. So, Aaron, congratulations. Send me your address. I'll get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, don't worry about it. Forget it. What happened in the past is in the past because now is your chance to enter this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So this week in the email section, we were talking a little or a lot about Illuminations, Reflections of Earth, which I love over in Epcot Center, but I'm a wishes kind of guy. I love the story. I love the music. I love the sentiment. So tell me, what was the previous fireworks display called? What was the name of the show that Wishes replaced? You have until Sunday, December 6th at 11.59 p.m. to email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. Again, you're going to play for the custom Magic Band cover, the 102 Ways book, and an audio walking tour of Tomorrowland. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week to say thanks. I know today is Cyber Monday, and by the time you hear this, Cyber Monday may be over. That's okay. I want to give you a Cyber Monday code for the shop at www.radio.com. If you use the code CYBER30, you can save 30% off your entire order, whether you're ordering one or all of the audio tours and the digital version of the 102 ways to save money for that Walt Disney World book. Again, use code CYBER30 at checkout over at the shop at www.radio.com. Again, big thanks to everybody who signed up and is a new member of the WW Radio Nation. To find out more how you can help support the show and get some very cool gear, including scavenger hunts, logo gear, backpacks, t-shirt, private Facebook group, private video calls, and lots more, you can visit www.radio.com slash support. Uh, just a couple of quick announcements. Don't forget to follow me over on Facebook at facebook.com slash Unfortunately, Facebook doesn't let me extend any more, accept any more friend requests. It's their thing, not mine. But you can follow me there and turn on notifications because I've been live broadcasting every week since about 2007, 2008, and now I'm doing it exclusively over on Facebook. So if you go to facebook.com slash you can tune in, watch, comment and share right there every wednesday i broadcast at 7 30 p.m eastern i'll also be broadcasting this weekend saturday december 5th as part of the virtual holiday party online auction and meet of the month lots going on on saturday so if you can't get down to walt disney world you can watch and follow along with me as i share some of the holiday decorations and probably food throughout the parks and resorts we're also going to have our meet of the month Later on that evening, we're going to meet at 5 p.m. at the Backlot Express, upstairs, probably outside, near Star Tours. The goal is to hopefully meet around 5 o'clock, hang out for a little while. If we can, we're going to try and get a ride on Star Tours so we can check out the new scene from Force Awakens. And then probably around 6, 6.15, 6.30, somewhere around there, we will head on over and enjoy the Osborne family spectacle of Dancing Lights one last time. And again, if you can't make it, I will be broadcasting live throughout the day. So follow me on Facebook, turn on notifications. I'll also tweet out while I'm uh, broadcasting as well. So follow me on Twitter at Lou Mangello, And I'm also at Lou Mangello on the Instagram and Pinterest as well. Visit the events page there or at Facebook to find out about upcoming meets of the month in Walt Disney World. 
and around the country. The next one is going to be during Marathon Weekend. That'll be the Saturday, as we have done for the past so many years. It'll be the Saturday, probably at 1 o'clock over at the Tomorrowland Terrace. Uh, I'll also be doing some speaking on the road this year as I go uh, and tour around doing some speaking engagements and some consulting and speaking at schools and things like that. Uh, we also have our Star Wars cruise February 6th coming to New Orleans. So excited for beignets. February 26th through the 28th, Chicago in the summer and the e-ticket adventure in November. And if I can help you, maybe by coming to speak to your business or at your conference or to your school, or even work with you, maybe in a small group coaching environment or some one-on-one -on -one mentoring, visit loumangelo.com. I have a new mastermind group forming now, going to launch in January, limited to six people, only a, a couple of spots left, and I do take on a few one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching clients as well. So if you're looking for some help, maybe getting from where you are to where you want to be, it doesn't matter what you do, but if you want to maybe turn your passion into your profession and maybe help you build your brand and business and do what you love full-time, I want to see if I can maybe help you do that. Again, visit LouMangelo.com for more information. Click on the Work With Lou tab. Thanks again to Becky from Mouse Fan Travel. Thanks, as always, to Tim Foster from Celebrations Magazine. If you go to CelebrationsPress.com, they got all kinds of good stuff going on there. And you can get Celebrations Magazine delivered in print or on digital every other month. Remember, December 5th on Saturday is going to be our online charity auction once again to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Thanks to you, we've raised more than a quarter of a million dollars to help send children and their families, those that have serious life-threatening medical conditions, we help to send them and their families to Walt Disney World. This year's auction is going to be bigger and better than ever, and you can actually get a sneak peek of it on the WDW Radio blog. Just check out the blog. We launched our first preview post this week we got some amazing signed art from noah and some other very cool things and experiences coming up bidding will take place online on saturday so you don't have to be in walt disney world you don't have to be present you can find out more again by visiting the wdw radio blog and again the proceeds will go to the make-a-wish foundation via our dream team project so definitely go and check that out and as always my friends and you are my friends whether we have met yet or not all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links. I would love it if you commented and shared links to this week's or any of your favorite episodes over on Facebook. And please take just a minute and go to iTunes and rate and review the show there. It's very simple. It takes just a couple of seconds and is incredibly helpful. And if you go to www.radio.com slash iTunes, it'll give you a direct link over there and show you exactly how to do it. And finally, and most importantly... It is the spirit of Thanksgiving. I think it should be the spirit of Thanksgiving all the time. And the holidays are coming up upon us fast. Uh, I am finding myself more grateful and appreciative of you than ever. Uh, and thank you for spending time with me this and every week and allowing me to do what I love every day and share it with you. And if you want to start taking steps, however small they might be, to doing what you love and living the life you dream of every day, every single day, the first thing they need to do is not to let waiting become a habit. Start taking some risks. Don't let opportunity pass you by. And always keep moving forward. Have faith, stay hungry, and have an amazing week. I'll see you next time. See ya. Hey, Lou. Out of breath, Rob, from California, Maryland. Again, calling to check in. It's now 89 days until my wife and I participate in the 2016 Princess Half Marathon and Glass Clifford Challenge. <sighs> Proud to say that uh, 
got all my WDW radio running team stuff squared away, and I got an email confirmation saying that my package is in the mail, so I'm super excited to receive that, and uh, even more excited to meet you and the rest of the WDW running team family in February. We'll see you guys there. Have a great weekend. Bye. Hey, Lou and WDW radio listeners. This is Wes Snyder, 365 Days at Disney on Twitter. And I just wanted to share a story. We went six months ago to Walt Disney World, and we brought our one-year-old to three-year-old, and people said, oh, it's crazy. You shouldn't take little kids. But this morning, I taught my daughter a song. The Muppet song. And after we finished it, Raya said, Dad, I know that song. We went to a building, and there were some TVs, and there was a blue Muppet, and he told us to go into a building, and all the other Muppets stepped on him. And so my three-year-old remembered six months ago that Stan the Eagle asked us to please walk orderly into the 3D Muppet Vision Theater, and then he got stepped on by the other Muppets. So just something cool there. Have a good day, everyone. How's it going, Lou? This is Brian Rainey again from Kansas City, Missouri. And if you remember, we met um, a few months ago at Star Wars Weekends, but hey, just want to let you know I'm at the parks. I'm at standing on the bridge at Splash Mountain, just watching the boats come by. And the day before Thanksgiving, weather's awesome. Nice and sunny out. Park's a little empty, but that's okay. Um, my mom can't come that much, so I like to FaceTime my mom from Splash Mountain. That's her favorite ride. But anyway, just want to let you know where I was, and talk to you soon. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. Linda, see, I'll go my finger.